0: our relationships with other people. Blessed are those who are merciful to others. If you want to be blessed, you can't hold grudges. You, you can't disagree with God here and say, nope, I'm gonna hold grudges. I'm gonna be mad at that person because they, they wronged me. If that's your attitude on life, you will not feel blessed. God's favor does not come on the people who hold grudges. He says, blessed are the, are the peacemakers I've heard it said, um, whenever somebody wrongs you, that you should not let them beat you twice. And so when somebody wrongs you and hurts you in in whatever way, and we decide to not make peace with them, we decide that we want to get even with them, when we decide we want to withhold our mercy from them, when we don't want to be pure in our heart towards them, but we want to be sinful back towards them. What you're really allowing them to do is to get you twice. Twice. See, the thing about Abraham in the Old Testament is he wasn't perfect, but he was a man of uprightness. He was a man of integrity. He loved the people around him. He loved his family. He even um, w- would save his family when they got in really tough circumstances. That's kind of what he was known for. He would save people. He would, he would save them from all the bad guys when they would come at him. He was a man who was merciful even against those who wronged him, and he is the, the example of blessing in our life. And I know it's not easy. I know our first inclination is obviously to to retaliate when we feel that we are wronged. But what Jesus says is you can do that, but you won't be blessed. Blessed are those who depend on Jesus and blessed are those who live like Jesus. And then in verse 10, here's like the craziest part of it, right? This is the... The part that, you know, I'll be honest, even I kind of wrestle with. In verse 10 it says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The last point that Jesus makes is blessed are those who suffer for Christ. And this is very weird and I think what Jesus is talking about here is not blessed are those who are persecuted because they're really annoying. I don't think he's talking about I, I don't think the image here is like blessed are those who pick it, right, or who who boycott. I mean, there might be a righteous way you could do that. I don't think that's what he's saying. I, and, the, and the 200s, when the church was just getting started— um, believe it or not, the trend in the church then, like, like we have trends that kind of come through the church, the trend back in the 200s right after Christ had, had ascended back into heaven was getting um, martyred. Like it was cool and it was hipster in the church to get yourself killed for the faith, okay? Because somewhere along the line, there was this teaching that because ultimately you have to remember the disciples, almost all of them were martyred and killed for their faith. Like they were spread the name of Jesus and they got martyred. And so there were a few church fathers who, who kind of followed this pattern, and then everybody in the church thought that the ultimate goal in life was to do enough to get yourself killed for the faith. And so it got to the point where eventually they had to pull back the reins because, like, people were, like, trying to force it, as if, like, they would get more blessing if they could force themselves to be persecuted and martyred for the faith. And yet what Jesus says here is, is blessed are those who are persecuted for, for righteousness' sake. Blessed are you when you're persecuted because you're following Jesus or you're following the Bible or in any way, maybe it's what the Bible says about um, how we treat others or marriage or whatever it is. Blessed are the people who follow truth and righteousness, and yet the world around them persecutes them and jeers them and makes fun of them. See, when you become a Christian, oftentimes you have to lose some friends Not always, but sometimes. Because when you become a Christian, you want to live, begin wanting to live without borders. All of a sudden, people around you, um, they don't like how you don't want to join them in all of the same stuff they've always done. You see, people like to sin in community. I don't know if you've noticed this, right? Would you rather rob a bank by yourself or with 10 other people, right? There's some comfort in other people being with you, right? Right? Blessed are you who lose friends, who lose jobs for the name of Jesus. Because it is, it is his kingdom that is coming into the world. And in the kingdom that, that he is creating, that is without borders between God and the people, in that kingdom, those who focus on righteousness and truth are the people who are blessed in their hearts and in their spirits. It's kind of ironic that I was working on this text this week because... Um, Evan Horn, uh, one of the ministry interns here, shared a really powerful story with me from this book called The Insanity of God. And The Insanity of God is kind of a a book of of various stories of persecution all throughout the world. And uh, just this one story that I read that that he shared with me, man, it really encouraged me in my faith. And I was kind of working through this and trying to think through it. And he he told me the story of a man named uh, Dimitri. Uh, who was in communist Russia. Dmitry was a guy in Russia who, as a kid, uh, the communist party took over Russia. And so by the time that Dmitry was an adult and had a family, all of the churches for the most part had been closed, many of the pastors had been killed. Uh, Because in communism, one of the main things is communism has to go hand in hand with atheism. Because atheism enables the leaders of the communist party to really be gods, to really be in complete control. And so by the time he was an adult, he realized that there was no churches. The closest one was a three-day walk away from his, from his home. And so he said, well, I, I want my kids to know about Jesus. I want my family to, to worship him together. So since we can't get to a church, he goes, I guess we'll just have to have a church here. And so this man named Dmitry in communist Russia begins a family worship time with his family. And once a week, they'd gather together, and Demetri would open the Bible and he would read it to his kids, and then he would do his very best to explain kind of what it was talking about. And, and the change as they began to do this in Demetri and his family was so astounding that people in, the, in his community began to notice what was going on. And so people began partaking with them in this family worship time, and essentially, Demetri was pastoring this community. And eventually the, the cops found out about it. the authorities showed up, and they, they threatened that he better stop or else something bad would happen. Eventually Dmitry lost his job. Eventually Dmitry and his family living in communist Russia, their two kids were kicked out of school. But they continued to meet. And at this time the group in communist Russia had grown to about 50 people. And one night during the family worship time, the authorities bust in. They find Dmitri, and in front of everybody, they, they hold him up, and they, they, it says he, they slapped him across the face, and slapped him back across the face, like a, a few times just slapped him, and threw him down. And as the authorities began to make their, this is my favorite part of the story, as the authorities began to make their way out of the home, an elderly, small, old lady stepped in front of one of the officers, shook her finger in his face, and said, you laid your hands on a man of God, you will not survive. But the officer went on. Two days later, the officer died, true story, all of this is a true story, died of a heart attack. And it says that the fear of God swept through the community. At this point, the group had grown to about 150 people, it says, meeting in a house church. Authorities didn't know what to do. I guess they thought their only option left was just to get rid of Dimitri, so they grabbed him, they moved him halfway across the country, away from his family, threw him in jail for a 17-year prison sentence. True story. Separated from his wife and from his family. And Dimitri said that during this time, as he was surrounded, he was the only Christian amongst 1,500 hardened criminals he said that there were ultimately two disciplines that enabled him to keep his faith during persecution. The first was that every time uh, the sun would rise in the morning, he would stand up. He would face the sun in the east as it rose. He would lift up his hands and he would sing what he said was a, a heart song to the Lord. Every single morning, people would jeer him. They'd make fun of him. said so They even threw human waste at him. But every morning he did that. And then every time he found like a, a spare piece of paper somewhere, he would take it back to his, his cell and he would write all the Bible he could remember on it. And whenever the piece of paper was full, he'd stick it on his wall. And every time the, the, the authorities would come and they saw the Bible scriptures on the wall, they would take it down and they would read it. So he was, they were having to read scripture. But every time they saw it, they would, they would beat him for it. After all these years... Um, Dimitri, he wasn't relenting. And so the authorities came up with a scheme, true story, where they would go and lie to him and tell him that they had killed his wife and that his kids had been handed over to the state. And unless he actually relented of his faith, he would never see his kids again and he'd be in prison forever. So they came and they they told Demetrius this in his cell, that his wife had been killed, that his two kids were given over to the state. And in that moment, he just broke. He, he gave up. He said, I, I can't do this anymore. God, I don't know why you put me through all this. This is ridiculous. This is crazy. Blessed are not those who are persecuted. Those who are persecuted, it's, it's not blessedness. It's, hor- it's horrific. He said, He's just, I can't do this anymore. And so he said, whatever you want me to do, sign up the confession, bring it to me. I'll sign it. I got to get out of here. I got to find my kids. They said, okay, tomorrow we'll prepare the statement. We'll bring it to you. You'll sign it and we'll be done. That night he's in his jail cell, depressed, down, feels like he's given up. He's, he's grieving in a cell because it, it just didn't work out. He, he failed in his mind. He was praying to God, and God miraculously enabled him that evening to see the family, his family actually praying for him. Because earlier in the day, his wife had sensed his grief and gathered the family together to pray for him. And God miraculously enabled him to see his family and to hear their prayers. And he knew in that moment that they had lied and he knew that they were okay. He was encouraged. The next morning, the the authorities came and, and they had the confession ready for him to sign. He goes, I hope you know this. I'm not signing anything. I know you lied to me, I know my family's okay. I will not recant. At this point, they were, they were so frustrated with him. They said, you know what? Nothing's gonna get you, so we're gonna beat you and, or kill you, we're gonna do something. So they, they dragged him out of his cell and they're, they're pulling him down this hall, a completely true story, pulling him down this hall, about to go out the door where they execute people. And as the authorities are are pulling him down here and beating them as they go along, all of a sudden, 15 hardened criminals stand to the east and begin singing the heart song that they have heard Dimitri sing every morning for year after year after year. Dmitry said it was the most amazing thing he had ever heard. It was like the most beautiful choir that anybody had ever heard. 1,500 hardened criminals are singing praises to the name of Jesus in communist Russia. The officers were so stunned, they, they dropped him and threw him down. And one even asked, Who are you? To which he responded, I am a son of the living God, and his name is Jesus Christ. They took him back to his cell. They didn't know what to make of it. Shortly thereafter, Dimitri was released. He was returned to his family, to which he began sharing the story with everybody. That is why those who are persecuted are blessed. You see, following Jesus goes beyond material pleasures and obedience. Blessed are the people who have God's hand on their life to the point that God is walking with them everywhere they go. And as we close this morning, as we we hear that wonderful story, right? We hear that wonderful story and we're like, I want that to be me, right? I mean, maybe without some of the beatings, but I want that to be me. Blessed are those who depend on Jesus. As we close, we're gonna take the Lord's Supper together. Uh, We're gonna sing some songs together. And as we take this table, I, I want you to know that This is for all people who are believers in Jesus, regardless of your your background or denominational affiliation. If if you believe in Jesus Christ for your salvation, this is for you. This is a time when when Christians walk forward to confess their utter need for God. This is a time when when people who believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and who are in a, a covenant relationship with him, this is when we come forward and we remember that we depend on Jesus for salvation because blessed are those in this life who depend on Jesus. Would you pray with me? Father, we we confess that trusting you is is often uh, easier said than done. We confess that it can be hard at times to see our life as it is and to know that somehow you're, you're making that into something beautiful. But in this place, God, we, we trust you this morning and we believe that as we approach this table, as you respond to your death, we believe that you will bless us and we believe that we will have your favor on our lives. Lord, not because of our works, but because of your grace. Not because of our effort, but ultimately because of your love. We give this time to you, and I pray you'd bless us as we take the Lord's Supper at this time. Amen.